What's going on, cinema lovers and movie fans? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Cinemates Podcast. I'm Mike Jose Collins, and joined with me today is, as always, Jake Schultz. Hola, hola. How's it going? It's going good. Is your first name Jacob? It is. I hate that name, though. Never call me that ever again. <laughs> Jacob. Jeez. That's, yeah, uh, that's technically my birth name. It's not suit I, you. I don't know a single person that calls me Jacob unless they don't know me. And it's like the bank that's calling me and they go, hello, Jacob. And I'm like, please don't say that. I will hang up this phone immediately. Yeah, Jake not Schultz. A fan? That's my stage name. No, I'm not a fan. I, I don't know. I just, something about Jacob feels too informal for me. And I like to be informal. immature at all times. Too formal. And I like to be immature. So I want to go with the the informal style of Jake. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I, like, the, I like the switch. It's the same I changed thing it to Mike, you know? Yeah, yeah you're, you're Michael. And you, except you go Mike Jose Collins, like all one yeah. one syllable. It's not a multiple thing. You gotta have to say it fast like that. Mike Jose Collins. Yeah, it's a it's a name, you know. It's a stage name. People people seem to be liking it lately. So, and who knows? Maybe Jake Jake. Is there like another famous Jake? Jake Gyllenhaal. There's a couple Jakes. You just normally Jake. don't see like Jake. It's mainly like Jacob, if anything, probably. Jacob Jake Alordi. Is, yeah. He's probably gets called Jake as a nickname. Should yeah, I change my name okay. to Jacob Schultz? <laughs> Jacob Schultz. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't like it. I don't I feel like that sounds weird. Uh, it, it's too It's a strange one. Uh, yeah, I like uh, Jake Jake Schultz for it. It works, you know? You got the yeah. two two cent or uh what am I thinking of? I don't know. Jake Schultz. All right. <laughs> Okay, we saw the brand new movie Drive Away Dolls, directed by Ethan Cohen and written by Ethan Cohen and Trisha Cook. So, not a Cohen Brothers film, but a Cohen brother film. This movie uh, is an interesting one. It's sort of a, a romp, a, a buddy duo movie, a road trip movie mixed into one, some crime in there. Uh, it, it's it's certainly interesting. It stars uh, Margaret Qualley. I know you're a big fan, and Geraldine Viswanathan. Who I know, know you're I'm a big also, fan. <laughs> uh, I'm a big fan. So there you go. It's also got randomly Coleman Domingo. Uh, Pedro Pascal's in this for a little bit. And should we spoil the the one actor? Uh, it's being marketed. So yeah, this is officially okay. part of the Hello, Matt Damon randomly pops up halfway through a movie and then leaves again ha- at the end of the movie universe, which is my favorite it's- genre. I think that's honestly, yeah. Invented. I if if you had to think of a movie where you're like, oh, I wonder if Matt Damon's in this, uh, and then you're like, oh, I'm not expecting him to be in it, and he'll just pop up, and that's his new thing, man. I like it. Well, I guess it's kind of an old thing now. He uh, is. Yeah, uh, people think it's a new thing, but it's been going. I mean, on Save it, Private Ryan. Now. yeah, like I think it was started as a joke there, and one of my buddies made a list of all the movies that Matt Damon has just randomly shown up in. Currently, the total is 22. 22 movies that Matt Damon has appeared in. Two of those, Thor films, because he has a nice cameo in there. Happy Feet 2. Did you know he was in that movie? Oh. Who do you play? A penguin? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no Sudden Move was one of the, the more recent ones as well. So 22 movies where Matt Damon just decides to cash a quick paycheck. Hey, there you go. Good, this good for you, Matt Damon. Man. No different with that one. No, he's... Uh... He, he plays, plays a, a senator. Which no, is he plays Matt Damon. <laughs> well, that'd be pretty funny if he played Matt Damon. It would. Be. All right, why don't you give us a synopsis of uh, Driveway Dolls? Yeah, in search of a fresh start, two women embark on an impromptu road trip to Tallahassee, Florida. However, things go quickly awry when they cross paths with a group of inept criminals along the way. I'm going to let you take the lead on this one because I know you're more of a Cohen head than I am. So why don't you get things started? Sure. So, like, I guess basically the plot of the movie is there's these two friends, sort of, these two lesbian friends. Uh, and, and I say lesbian not because that's the description of But the movie is a very, it's, it's, a, it's a very queer movie. It's a gay movie, and it's all about le- lesbians, essentially. I think the original title was Drive Away uh, D-Words, D the, 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 you know, that, that, that word. Um, so yeah, it's these two friends, and they sort of want to take a trip. Um, so they do a drive away, which is like you pick up someone's car and you drive it to a certain location. Uh, they go, they pick up a car, and then it turns out that it's related to some sort of like 
criminal enterprise or something, and then somebody's chasing them down. Sort of the that's basically, I guess, the gist of the plot. Um, when it came to the plot, it's not necessarily like inventative or even necessarily interesting. It's kind of like uh, it's it's not a great plot i guess you know there's not really much going on you're not really you don't you don't necessarily care for a lot of what's happening how did you feel about that yeah i mean right off the bat you kind of feel like this is a lower budget b movie and that's kind of what the coens like to do with a lot of their property and a lot of their style is to pay homage to that era and it certainly falls in line with that and with that the plot is very bare bones on purpose because it's supposed to be a lot more about just these characters wanting to have sex <laughs> the entire time and learning more about their connection and the stuff that goes on isn't really the most important part of the film, which I think is kind of why I think the film falters a little bit, but it's, it's interesting because yeah, it's very much in your face with what it is within the first second. You even start this movie it starts off with a really loud, long sex scene and you're like, Oh, it's going to be like this. And it continued to be like that the entire movie. But I think where the movie really hinges on is its connection between Margaret Qualley and Geraldine. And they, they're great. They're very good with each other. They play off each other very well. They have a lot of really funny scenes, a lot of, a lot of funny dialogue. Some of that Coenisms comes in and it works really well. And I think in that success, I think that the movie succeeded in what it was trying to do. It was everything else surrounding it, that type of other style, the crime, intersecting that with their story that I think kind of fell a little bit for me. And I think that's where I kind of lost a lot of interest was when they were trying to intersect the things because the crime stuff is fun. It's kind of funny. They have Pedro Pascal in the first minute of the movie. Then he gets his head cut off. It's not really a spoiler. It literally happens immediately. And it, I just find it hilarious that this film was marketed as Pedro Pascal's Drive-By Dolls, which I've seen in a ton of articles because you guys set yourselves up there. That's pretty funny. They subverted your expectations immediately. But no, I, I feel like it just kind of general openings. Like Cohen's films are always very strange and they always feel like you either get them on first watch immediately or it takes some time afterwards to kind of get really understand what they're doing. I think this is going to fall into the latter category for me because I don't think I can say that I necessarily love the film. I don't like think I like I enjoyed it. I enjoyed what I was watching. I just think it's just kind of a it's kind of there, you know, you know, when movies come out and they just kind of exist on this plane. of Yeah, they're extremely watchable. This, this certainly feels like half of a Coen Brothers movie. And it's weird because they're they decided to split off for two films. You you had the other one. You had Joel who went and which, did the tragedy and, of Macbeth, and which is very funny because especially in the tragedy of Macbeth, you see that it's it's a lot more about the filmmaking, and you miss all of the zaniness or the comedy. And in this movie, it's it's a lot. It's, it's a very funny movie. It's Ethan uh, was my the horny that, one. Who knew? Apparently, well, I think it's more his wife here. Okay. Um, <laughs> It it this one definitely feels more zany, more funny. The th- my, my theater was dying at like a ton of the stuff that was happening, so it was it was, it was very funny. But it, it it certainly missed a lot of the the filmmaking aspects. Well, uh, that that a lot of Coen Brother movies sort of have, and this was more. Eh, it, it it certainly felt like half of a Coen Brothers film. It tried to make up for it a lot with its wacky transitions, which. I I don't think I've seen a movie do that in a while, especially like a more modern blockbuster that it just straight up chose its transitions like you're watching them at a bowling lane. You know those random videos that will pop up every time you get like a strike or a spare or a gutter? That's basically what this was. And it was like accompanied with the craziest, zaniest Looney Tune sounds you've ever heard in your life. And it is very jarring. Like I'm not going to sit here and be like, Oh my god! Like it was like the great like it's jarring, and you either like it or you don't like it. It's not going to be something that grows on you. And I, I was thrown off immediately. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay." And I think that that contrast, I feel like, feels like it's part of a different movie at the same time. I don't know. It's really hard to explain because it's like the movie is very basic and it's very it doesn't 
really take that many swings until they end, in my opinion. And yeah, essentially, essentially the movie is the, these two people trying to like uh, live in the moment and understand life. One is sort of like uptight and one's sort of more of a free spirit and they're just sort of trying to equalize each other out, I guess, and to see the other person's perspective on life. That's that's basically like the center of the whole trip. Yeah, and it's surrounded around the cop, not cops, the, the crime with the briefcase and this other... Box, yeah, so there's box. there's a, a briefcase and a, a hat box in the car, and that's why the criminals are after them. Yeah, um, played by yeah. Coleman Domingo and Two Stooges, which I will say, I think I, I okay, I, I would I would love to say theater experience, but there was no one there; it was just me. I, um, I had probably the most laughs from the Two Stooges, and uh, I, I feel like they were pretty funny. And that's just always a dynamic that always works for me is the one that insensitively pisses the other one off. It worked in Fargo. It works here. And that was something that was carried over uh, and that you could see that there was a lot of other stuff that Ethan brought over. There was certainly a lot of, yeah, at Raising Arizona is definitely one in Fargo, especially. You could see a lot of it in this movie. I do think with the transitions, though, certainly like a product of what it was, what I do think it was trying to do, like a product of the time, right? So this movie set in 1999. Uh, I, I felt like it worked with the movie, but I agree with you. I don't necessarily think I liked it. It was oh, interesting I, I that didn't, I didn't like it. <laughs> it. It was interesting that Miley Cyrus is yeah. in the transition. Is that a spoiler? Um, I guess it's like I, I don't. Think, I spoiler. think that's a less of a spoiler than Matt Damon. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Miley Cyrus is a character that here's spoiler talk. By the way, here's your spoiler. I, I don't Spoilers think if that. you've seen it, you've seen it. If you don't, I don't think people are gonna really. Um, yeah. So Miley Cyrus. Uh, makes makes like casts of uh, people's uh, penises and one of them is the senator which is matt damon and he's trying to get his uh, dildo back uh, so people can't use his dildo but the two girls uh, they love the dildo and the dildo's great so a lot of that comedy i don't think worked for me it felt no. very outdated uh, i don't really like movies with a lot of sex either so it was kind of hard when I think like 50% of the movie is probably people just having sex uh, and even just making out. I'm not even a fan of kissing in movies and there's just a makeout party in one of yeah, these. Yeah, but that's very much in tune of like 80s, 90s type of movies. Yeah. Those little yeah. like makeup, they twist it on the head of like, oh, we're all gay, which I thought was kind of funny because they're like, oh, look, it's the resident soccer team. Just kidding. They're all lesbians. I thought that was kind of funny. And that was a pretty clever way of doing that. But you're right. Like it is. And I know you, you don't like sex. And I knew the second I saw this, I was like, ah, oh, boy, I wonder if Mike is going to like this. Yeah, it is. It's a lot, but I don't think it really like, it doesn't care. And it's just like, it's very in your face, which I appreciate. And I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to appreciate that side of it because it is going to connect with people with within the LGBT community, yeah. just like it's, Bottoms it's, did. Well, yeah, it's it's certainly an interesting choice because uh, uh, Trisha Cook, I think, is his wife, right? The writer? Yeah. I think I said that. Um, so I believe their relationship is they're like, she's very open and like a gay person and they have different partners. Um, so you can see like a lot of the influence was especially her in this movie. Like I did not get a lot of Ethan Cohen. It was more like a, maybe her vision in like a Coen Brothers frame of a movie mm. with some some of like that Fargo-esque and that other sort of stuff. So it was interesting. I think if I think about the movie, like I don't like sex. I thought the jokes were really outdated. Um, and we'll talk about performances in a second. But I think at the heart of the movie, I, I did have a pretty good time and I actually enjoyed the film. Yeah, it, it's messy, but you're like not not enjoying yourself. And it, it is a perfect runtime. Breezy. Run time. breezy <laughs> it is like, it, it it's it's like more like seventy five minutes. Honestly, like it yeah. it it does not feel like eighty minutes. It's it's a fast movie. Um, thankfully, I think actually I think that actually worked especially well in its favor. Um, but yeah, I think overall, like I actually in, enjoyed the movie. I wonder though, like because it's so fast, if there's a lot of stuff that was cut out of the film. Because it feels like it really did kind of go really fast through their road trip. And I think that I, you could have spent a lot more time with their connection. Yeah, I, think it would have bought, I agree. 
their relationship a little bit more because that's what it was missing for me. While the chemistry was good and that their performances were really good, like I, I've liked Margaret Quayle and everything. I don't actually think she's this that good in this movie. I think her accent is really bad. Yeah, the uh, accent is uh, whether terrible. it was purposeful or not. Like I still think she's pretty good in some of the emotional parts too. Like she's pretty solid, but like. I, it feels like there's a missing part of their relationship that we didn't catch. Yeah. So what I was going to say trip. is, is a lot of Coen brothers movies aren't necessarily political. And you could tell that this movie was sort of political. It's set in a time where there's like uh right wing people and left wing people, but there's no like MAGA people yet. Right. And it was sort of this like weird exploration politically for, for whatever reason. And I feel like that was missing like a lot. And they would even in the script, like allude to things like, oh, we're going through the Bible belt. uh, And they have this thing written on the back of their car, which is like, I think it's love is the trail to hell or something. Um, Somebody can correct me later on that, but it's something. Yeah. It felt like there was like these, these moments that should have been in the movie along the way of their road trip to like explore this political thing that they were attempting to do somewhat at the end of the movie. And somewhat, especially with the Matt Damon character, uh, and with j- them just being lesbians themselves in, in the late 90s, like this, this could have been something kind of interesting. And, and then I felt like that must have been like a Cohen pullback or something because it just drops that. It, it yeah. never explores a lot of that. It does feel like there is part of this movie missing, but I do think the runtime actually does work well for where this movie was going. I, I think that's just why I'm partially sitting here a little disappointed more than anything is because with how weird Cohen's films get, you always end up leaving with something. Aside from Hail Caesar, I'm not a Hail Caesar guy. I feel like I didn't really leave that movie with much, but everything else, like True Grit, Inside Lou and Davis, No Country for Old Men, Fargo, Big Lebowski, all these other films like kind of give you something to, to catch on, give you something to, to nibble on all the way past, and then you want to kind of go back and see more, get more from it, because all these films have a factor to come back to it. They all have this this notion of hey <laughs> this is what our film is about come back for more because you're not going to get all of it immediately and i have gotten that with no country for old men fargo i just watched for the first time this year and i already know that i want to go back to it and explore more of their world because their worlds are so good that they build i don't i didn't get that here because it just it feels like what could have been good and what could have been a bit further and pushes it past what we actually got was cut back and felt kind of just like they went the easy route of an enjoyable, this is it, base value type of film. You either like it or you don't. And there's not much more to grab onto. That's kind of how I felt overall. Like I just expected a little bit more. Like you were saying, like the political diversion that they put on screen for you, their relationship. None of this is actually really explored. Like, it's just kind of there. It kind of happens. It kind of moves on. And it's like that for 80 minutes straight, which is fine. There's plenty of 80s, 90s movies that are like that. That's just their style. And yeah, it's a B movie. That's what it basically is. But I just expected a little bit more from a Cohen because there always is that nugget to keep coming back to. So I was a little disappointed with that, I think. Yeah, I think you got to think about it differently, though. Like, this isn't a Cohen Brothers movie. This is more like a Trisha Cook ethan cohen duo rather than than a cohen brothers movie this is this does not seem like a cohen movie this is a trisha cook movie and i think comparing it to movies like like that partnership which i think one thing that we learned from this movie is they should probably stay together and you see i already said it before you miss a lot of that the interest i guess when you get when with Macbeth, and then you miss a lot of the filmmaking uh, in this movie, um, so I think I think that's an unfair comparison, but I do sure. agree with you that yeah, it does feel like a lot is missing. Um, but overall, I think it's about the the time you're in the theater, short time, fun adventure, enjoy it. Why don't we talk a little bit about uh, performances here? So you are a Margaret Qualley fan, but I mean that ac- accent was quite dreadful, mm-hmm. uh, pretty 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 poor. Uh, I have some issues with the casting. I'm not necessarily going to say that I thought their chemistry didn't work. I think it was there. Mm-hmm. I think the characters were just sort of, I don't know. I also don't, I don't know. I don't know many lesbian couples, so I don't really know about chemistry or sexual chemistry. For me, it seemed like they didn't have much sexual chemistry, um, but but they were 
having sex. And that more so seemed like so, so just something they did rather than they loved each other, which I think is what they were getting at at the end when they wanted to stay with each other instead of go to the party and have sex with people. If I'm, I think land. that's what they were trying to it do. Yeah, a, a lot of that didn't yeah, land. They went with a wedding at the end too, and they're like, "We're going to get married," and I was like, oh, "Okay, yeah, they don't, I don't." Uh, that really that. came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um. But I think the really. A huge issue with casting Margaret Qualley is this is a movie set in the 90s, Coen Brothers-esque, and you cast like the most generic Gen Z person ever. Like she is Miss Gen Z right now. Like she is a queen to the Gen Zs. And it really is super unbelievable in a movie like this. Not to say that her performance was bad. She was certainly trying a lot of things. Uh, they don't work. Like I would say most of the time they don't work, but she's just such like a cool person that you eventually, okay, you know, I don't, I'm just going to buy into what you're doing. And then you're sort of just on this ride with her and she puts in a pretty like interesting performance. I just think she was casted super poorly because it takes you immediately out of it of this. Like I'm supposed to believe that this is 1999 and I'm watching like the most Gen Z person ever walk around this world. I think that was really bad casting choice. She's good in the movie. She's doing too much. She's trying to like combine two different sort of like trope characters into one. Kind of falls flat. Uh, Gerald, Geraldine Viswanathan's character is really one-dimensional. I think I think a lot of what you're saying is when they're missing something, especially with her character. Like I wanted to see that development. I don't think I necessarily got it with her character, but it also is an 80-minute movie, so I guess it is just for the ride. Yeah. But so that that was kind of uncomfortable. Uh, Jeannie Feldstein. Beanie Feldstein. Beanie Feldstein. Uh, she plays like this this cop sort of. I don't know. She's supposed to be comedic relief. I liked her. I yeah. thought she was funny. I, I, I thought she Be- was very funny. I like Beanie Feldstein a lot. She played Suki. She was kind of the, she's the ex of Margaret Qualley in the film. She was the the scenes were just so outlandish, and she was probably the most out there character that I appreciated them going for something a little bit. She's not in the film a lot. Like she comes in every once in a while and just like she starts carrying this dog around to get the film. He's like, you get the dog yeah. now. Went all the way to Florida just to hand her the dog. I thought her her part worked. I kind of wish she was the main character, though, to be honest. Like, yeah, I, I, I actually a, agree. I, I don't know if that's a book smart hangover of like I loved her so much in book smart. And I know that she works very well in a role like that, that. I'd wish that she would have been put into this film, but I saw her and I was like, I want more. I want more of her. Well, I agree with you on that too, because I think instead of going the super bad or go like the super badass, where you also have that McLovin character who is equally a part of that duo, but not necessarily a part of that duo. And I think they could have included that. And she as like also uh, being a part of book smart, which is like the, the Gen Z super bad um, that, generational gap works like she was able to do that so i think you could have brought this new audience in that you're trying to like i do think this movie will probably work as like a gen z getting into cohen movies maybe uh but i think if she was like more of a main character then it could have worked even better to fit that bridge i think you're why did they not put her in a mclovin type of role why did she as the jealous ex why did she not just follow them that you have an easy way to have her join in on all the hijinks and it probably would have been 10 times more enjoyable because they could have been riffing off each other a lot more. Cause I thought when the three of them were together in like the four scenes that they were, it worked really well. And you could have had a really fun dynamic build between all of them, especially when their relationship starts to blossom a little bit more between Margaret Qualley and Geraldine. Like why not that? I, I just wrote a better film for you. That would have been way more fun to watch, honestly. And like, that's what it means. It feels like there's a lot of potential. That's just, put in the film but it doesn't actually go anywhere past it because it's not interested in doing it it's just interested in giving you the easiest 80 minutes possible which is fine like i'm not gonna sit here and just say like this is a bad movie this that like like, it's fine it just has potential and it didn't go past its potential and for a lot of people like me or film lovers like that might annoy a lot of diehard cohen film fans that might annoy a lot of diehard film fans but for casuals this is probably a perfect jumping in point. <laughs> like, and, and so like, I can't really fault it for that. I just wish that I had more to chew on. And I think, ah, why did we not get her as a third man? That would have been perfect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what'd you think of Coleman Domingo? I completely 
it didn't matter to me. Like, Oscar nominee. Yeah, Oscar nominated Coleman Domingo, and he's just everything he said. I just was in in one ear and out the other ear. He had zero presence to him. It was kind of nuts. <laughs> yeah, I, I also agree. I love the the Stooges guys. They were absolutely hilarious. The one dude, Joey Slotnick, he reminds me so much of Paul Giamatti, like the way he talks and the way he looks. Are they related at all? Because like, am, am I crazy for saying that? That's the the little guy, guy, isn't it? Yeah, the dude from Twister. I kind of. I don't really see. Right? I don't really okay. see. Okay, well, I don't know. I I, I kind of thought I kept the whole time thinking I'm like this dude must be like related to Paul Giamatti or something. He just looks like the guy from the Big Bang Theory. That's all I see him as. Oh, he does look like the guy from the Big Bang Theory. The, the game store guy. Yeah, he does. He looks exactly um, like him. Pedro Pascal is in this for not very long, and his head is mostly in the movie, but he was pretty funny. I actually really liked him at the beginning of the movie. I was kind of upset. It's a very gruesome way to kill somebody, especially at the beginning of your movie. Like I was actually pretty shocked by how scary that was. I don't know if it was scary, but it was like a really bad scream. Like It sounded very believable and very painful. What, you don't um, put wine corks in people's necks? Yeah, two, and twist them out. Um, and then uh, Matt Damon plays the the senator who's trying to get his his dildo back. That's the cast of his penis, Smiley Cyrus. Yeah. Anyway, y'all, if you see the movie, you'll understand what I'm saying. Um, he was really funny, like very, very funny, and he knew exactly what I think that is uh, the the political stuff that they were trying to do. He was putting out so much, like. You could have even gone further with his character. Like I would have loved to see more because he he was spot on with what he was trying to do, and it worked really well. And both of the girls too. They only have like I think one scene together. The chemistry between all three of them was like fiery. Like it was cool. Like they, I really want to see all those three people maybe in a movie together later or something. I really enjoyed that scene. I thought he was excellent in it. Well, maybe you'll get your wish because this is the start of a trilogy, apparently, according to. Cohen, he said he wants to make this a uh, full-on trilogy. Whether it'll be the characters continuing or not, that's a thing that apparently is going to happen. I, I don't know. Just put the Coens back together. I don't need more of this. I, I want the next Cohen masterpiece. It's been a while. You like the Ballad of Buster Scruggs was just kind of there. It's kind of enjoyable, but I was like, eh. We just, we haven't had a good, good like lovable Cohen film in like a decade, and I want another one, man. It's been a while. Yeah, I, I mean, I want to see them together. I also wouldn't mind like a trilogy of this. I think that I hope they explore the stuff that we missed out on uh, with this movie. But why don't you give our overall thoughts here? What's your rating? Oh, God. Okay. Um, I'm like balanced between a three and a two and a half right now. Uh, it would be a three without a heart if I was to put this on Letterboxd. I'm somewhere between there. Probably honestly two and a half. Like I, it was enjoyable. It's gonna leave no nothing on me, literally nothing. And that I've said on this podcast multiple times is arguably worse than a film that is bad but leaves an impression on you because of how bad it is, and you remember how bad and the, the experience with that. A film that is perfectly fine, perfectly serviceable, doesn't really have all these other things that are sticking out to you aside from its crazy, wacky transitions that shot well, directed well. I just it's it's worse for me on my list. I don't know what it is. It's just if I can't connect to it on a certain level like that, I'm going to like it less, regardless of all the positives that I had around it, how easy breezy it was of a watch. Like I'm not gonna sit here and say don't watch it. Like you might might get more from me from it than I did, but I, like I've seen better LGBTQ films specifically around relationships and comedic value as well. Like Bottoms, specific example of that from last year. I think did everything that it went for 10 times better and like similar beats as well. It was absurdist. It tried to go for the wackiness. It had to, it build a relationship about people trying to have sex with each other and it wasn't afraid of putting it in your face. I think it just did it way more with way like a lot more thematical elements that hit bet for better for me rather than just going for the easy breezy stuff, but it's fine. Like, so yeah, I think two and a half, I think that's, that's where I'm going to settle on it. Uh, this year's not doing it for movies so far, man. We're almost two months in, and it's I I have not had a good stretch of films here. <laughs> what about you? What'd you give it? 
Uh, I think this movie had a lot of things working against it for movies that I necessarily like. As I already said, I'm not a big fan of sex in movies, kissing in movies. Uh, I thought the filmmaking was kind of lacking. Um, but, you know, that's not what Ethan Cohen does. He's more of the the writer. But I guess, you know, he also directs the movies, but not necessarily. Um, but it was an interesting movie, and it was a fun, just goofy movie. I'd love to see it again, I think. I think I am missing a lot, maybe, from the movie. But I could see this actually being like a cult classic in later years. Like this is a movie that people will go up and pick pick out later and be like, oh, my gosh, like Mark Aqualey was in a movie like this. Whoa, this is so fun. Um, so I actually really I enjoyed my time with it. I, I laughed a lot. I thought it was very good, but I thought it was lacking a lot of things. So I'm going to end with three stars for me and a like because I did actually very much enjoy this movie. I thought it was pretty fun. This is the first time that I'm under you in a rating. I feel like normally it's I go higher and you go lower. No, Godzilla, Zone of Interest, Barbie. Ah, uh, there's right. a lot of movies. You're right. I'm wrong. This year, though, let me just give you a brief overview of the films I've seen. I've seen five films this year. Bantam Web, half a star. Argyle, two stars. <laughs> Drive Away Dolls, two and a half stars. The Book of Clarence, three stars. I forgot I saw that movie. I, oh, my God. Orient or It came out this it, year. It did come out. I told you that I saw it before you. I saw a Christian movie before you. You should be shamed. Orion in the Dark, three and a half stars. That is my number one film of the year. A three and a half star Charlie Kaufman kids film that came out on Netflix that no one knows about because it's come and gone immediately. I I need Dune now, man. It, it's hard. It's hard to like, I don't want to sit here and just be like, like, man, this movie's fine. Man, this movie's like, I want to sit here and celebrate stuff. And it's like, I hate this idea from Hollywood studios that the first two months need to just be absolutely dead. I, I hate it. It's so this stupid. This movie, though, this this didn't feel like a dumpy movie. No, but it, it's a movie that they could have slotted anywhere, and it would probably have the same results anywhere I think this I think this movie is going to – I don't think it's going to do very well because of the no. way that they put it out. But I think it could have done. Like This could have been like a fun summer, fall movie. Uh, I think it's going to kind of bomb, which is sort oh, of why I think my cult – I feel like my cult classic uh, take might age a little Maybe. well because – I don't think a lot of people are going to see it when it's out because this is really bad case of market. I guess it was supposed to come out during the strike. No and one, yeah, it. it was, but no one's in the theaters at all right now. Like, there's just nothing incentivizing people to go out, which is why I hope Dune starts like the the twenty twenty four season. I think it will. I I hope so. I, I'm seeing nothing but praise for the sequel, so I'm I'm excited to watch that. Next week's gonna be a good episode. I'm excited to do that. Fingers crossed. I end up loving the film. Uh, want to do some cinemates? Cine- we are doing cinemates. Want to do some cine news real quick? Sure. This is cine news. All right. It's an action-packed week this week. Uh, a lot of news has broke this week regarding people getting cast, some delays. So I'm going to bring you guys... The best news of the week. Starting off first here, Tom Cruise. He was in the news this week for reportedly wanting to go back to Tour Cinema. Said that he has not been nominated for an Oscar since 1999 and that he's missed that despite him being in the Mission Impossible franchise, all these Hollywood franchises, that he wants to go back to being with what he dubs an Tour. Seems he found one. He has reportedly been cast in the newest Alejandro Inarritu film which if that name does not sound familiar to you, that is of Birdman fame and The Revenant, both Academy Award winners for different reasons, as well as Bardo, which came out two years ago, last year, that just kind of also came and went because surprise, surprise, it's a Netflix film. Mike, are you excited for Tom Cruise going back to O-Tour acting? Uh, Can't say I'm a very big fan of the director and can't say I'm a very big fan of Tom Cruise, so... Uh, no, not really. I hope he, you know, doesn't come back to movies. I know that he's kind of saving the day when it comes to movies. He is. I've got like incense blowing in my I, face. I saw some smoke going across your screen and I was like, are, are you okay? Is your house on fire and you're just recording through all the chaos? <laughs> it's like incense. It's a lot. Did you just like that? <laughs> oh, jeez. Um. Yeah, so no, I'm not excited. I don't I don't care about Tom Cruise. I, I know that he did save movies, I guess, a little bit, and he's the last movie star, but 
he's also like a horrible person who has slaves. Like we got to stop with the Tom Cruise stuff, guys. This is also coming off the news that Tom Cruise reportedly also might be in Quentin Tarantino's last film, which is the movie Critic, which will hopefully come out next year. We're not sure if that even has a date for next year. Brad Pitt also. Why Why do people keep saying this is going to be their last movie? Like, these are obviously not going to be these people's last movies. Tarantino's always said 10. And if I feel like there's one weird person to always abide by his rules, it would be Tarantino. There's going to be something that forces him out of retirement, I think, like 10 years from now. But I think for a while, he'll be done. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Brad Pitt's included there. There you go. There you go. Academy Award winning Brad Pitt. So, Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. So, a guy who who's a bad prince of a cult and a guy who chokes his wife on an airplane. There you go. <laughs> two two stand-up dudes. Super excited for that one. Uh, next up here, you know how we're in the golden age of anime adaptations to live action. Some would probably say not really gold age because they have not really translated well for 95% of them. Well, we're getting another one. Naruto is apparently in the works. Destin Daniel oh. Cretton is set to direct the film for Lionsgate. And the producers attached will be from Dungeons and Dragons fame and the newest Borderlands film, which is alive and is real and got its trailer this week. And I don't think that looks very good. But, Mike, are you a Naruto guy or no? Uh, I hate anime. <laughs> like, I, I can't stand anime. I, I hate it so much. Um, I think it's cool. You know, anime is like they got this world of very cool it's kind of fun when someone's explaining to you about an anime. Like, that's kind of interesting. But I cannot watch it. I'm I so annoyed at it. And speaking of this, I just watched The Avatar, the new The Last Airbender. The Avatar. Uh, I, I, yeah, we'll do what we watched after. But uh, bad things to say about that. Um, so, no, not necessarily interested in this. But the Borderlands trailer did come out. I'm curious. What, what did you think of it? Um, so my issue with Borderlands in general... This is going to be hilarious because it's going to be a great full circle moment when we started the podcast with Borderlands and then we're going to end the podcast with Borderlands. Just kidding. No, we'll keep going. Um, I feel like Borderlands is such a hard property to even try to translate into live action that I was just kind of surprised why they're doing it in general. Uh, the casting still, I feel like, doesn't look very good. I, I, Yeah, this is some of the like – all of the issues that we thought of on the first – the first pod we were like confused about uh, really just came full blossom with that trailer. Like yeah, the Kevin Hart does really, not fit that role. Oh, uh, the really jokes. Bad. Oh my God. I do not like the claptrap voice. Like I'm no. all for Jack it's Black. It's just Jack Black it. with a robotic voice attached yeah, to it. Like he's not even trying to do claptrap. I don't know why you would cast him. Like he's just doing Bowser voice. Just do like, just do claptrap. It's not a hard voice to do. You can do it. Why not? Why didn't they just cast the guy? To do Claptrap. Yeah. And like Ariana Greenblatt in the trailer seems really like she doesn't understand Tiny Tina, which is a huge issue because if Tina is done wrong, she's going to be extremely annoying. And if you have to deal with her for 90 straight minutes, that's going to be obnoxious. The one thing that I was kind of like, okay, was that Kate Blanchett didn't look terrible as Lilith. So like, I just, I don't know. It, the looked, actual, it looked like a costume though. That was my issue. It did. Is she even a siren in the film? Like it, the trailer didn't really give me anything. And like it, the action looks kind of cool. Like it looks good. Yeah, the, it's it, it looks good. It's faithful. It looks good. I just don't think there's any way this translates well at all. And it doesn't, it didn't oh. qualm my fears that the film is going to be pretty bad. Like it could why be. Why did they have to change a bunch of stuff? Like why couldn't they just make it the same four vault hunters? Because you gotta always change something when you go to Hollywood, man. You but can't. they they change like everything. Like I, I don't understand. And half of the game is the guns, and I didn't see that many guns in the game or also, in the, the trailer. When you don't have brick and Mordecai, that's where you lost me. You don't even have two of the coolest characters from Borderlands One in your film. Maybe they'll show up as a post credit scene for a sequel. That's never I mean, going to. Oh get yeah, me. I mean they're good characters, but I think they did pick like the most famous ones to do it about. Who's getting cast as Handsome Jack? See, that'll be a, a Handsome Jack, a like Zachary zero. Levi. There you go. <laughs> if it the, he's already up, a villain. Man. If it ends up being Zachary Levi, I oh god. Uh, yeah, Actually, anyways, I, I kind of like that casting better than Kevin Hart as Roland. Uh, yeah, that'll never not be the worst thing in the world. 
Let's move to so Warner confusing. Brothers because Warner Brothers is always on the topic of our minds on this podcast. Bong Joon-ho's newest film, Mickey 17, which was slated to release this year, was taken off earlier this year on the slate by Warner Brothers. A lot of people were expecting it to still pop up again around the end of the year. Nope. Turns out Warner Brothers decided to delay it to 2025 and not just that, January of 2025. Why? Well, Warner Brothers apparently were less pumped about the film. They said that they saw the film and were not that excited so they decided to put it in a death slot of January next year. Oh, and by the way, they just called themselves the pure storytelling company in the movie industry. So the follow-up to Parasite, which smashed awards at the box office for international films, which smashed all the Oscars, Academy Awards, his follow-up, thrown in a January death slot because David Zaslav didn't like the movie. Warner Brothers, you continue to impress me every single week. What are they doing, man? What is the point of that? Uh, that I I read that and I was like, "There's no what what perfect timing, man." The secret to comedy is timing, and that was quite funny. Uh, absolutely ridiculous, super weird. Like what? And this movie's like it's picking up steam. People are super interested in it. I, I don't know. A dumpy release is so weird what what is what are they thinking like what movies are they putting out further like what else do they have this year godzilla x kong damn that's gonna be awesome yeah man it's like it's now fully probably out of awards contendership too like they just straight up killed the movie and this is the closest thing this is like as much as they love to kill movies when they're done anyways, this is as close as you get to killing a movie aside from them releasing it next week with no advertising. Like that's, this is horrifying <laughs> that they're doing this all because David Zaslav decided to go, mm, I'm not quite a fan. I don't understand this movie. Come on, Warner Brothers. Bro, that's why he gets the big bucks, man. Well, he's going to get big bucks next week with Dune. So I guess he's going to get one thing right this year. Hey, you know that Jurassic Park film that we've been talking about for a while? Colin Trevorrow was supposed to come back and film it for next next year, which apparently it's still slated to come out next year. Well, he left the film, and the, a lot of reports came out that they just need someone to fill in, to, just to act as someone with the camera, just to do the motions and film, the, which is just a, a loving indictment on blockbusters in Hollywood. Well, it did find its newest director, and it did turn a couple eyes, because it's not just any director. Gareth Edwards has been tapped to direct the newest Jurassic Park film, which if you don't know that name... Most recently, he was the director of The Creator. Before that, he did the Godzilla film and Rogue One, which a lot of people consider to be the best film that Disney's made under the Star Wars branch. I think that makes this a little bit more interesting. I think it makes it a little less throwaway. But one thing's for certain is I think the visuals of the dinosaurs might actually look really good now. Regardless, the movie's probably not going to be very good, but it's worth acting like there's an actual director on there who has shown that he can direct a camera. So, I mean, that's something, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm over the dinosaurs, man. I don't want to see the dinosaurs. dinosaurs. I do think that's, I do think that's probably a good choice to go with. I, re- I did like uh, rogue one. I thought that was a pretty good movie and I do not like star Wars movies. I would actually probably say that is their best movie. Um, so I, you know, I think that's probably a decent task. You gave the, one of the Jurassic parks, like a pretty, I think it was new, this new one, new discovery or whatever, new world, the third or fourth one, like three stars. <laughs> what are you talking about? And I was oh, shocked. the Lost World. Lost World. That like, is like I like the Lost World. One of the worst movies I've ever seen. No, I don't think you watched that movie because it's there's Jeff no Goldblum. actual way you liked it. It's Jeff Goldblum doing Jeff Goldblum things, and then the dinosaur goes into New York and yeah. starts to destroy things. Yeah, I don't think you saw that movie. I, I, I watched I it all the time BS as a kid. On that. I watched it all the time as a kid. It is, it's not great, but I think it holds a lot of nostalgia in for me because I, I watched the first two religiously as a child. What, what, how old were you? I, like a teenager. No. When I started watching Jurassic Park was around 2008-ish. So I was like nine. That was like prime, prime nostalgia for me. Because those movies came out in 94, was the first one. The second one was oh, 97. Oh, no. Not, not Jurassic Park. Not 
not the third or fourth, the, the Jurassic World ones. Oh, I thought you were hating on the Lost World. I was like, what? The, that's why are you hate on no, the new is ones? it Lost World? Oh, yeah. are you thinking about Dominion? Jurassic World Dominion? Dominion, yeah. Oh. You gave that like a decent score. Or yeah, something. no, I've since lowered The that one with score. like, there's like, the they, like <laughs> yeah, there's some yeah. secret organization. No, the something. one that came out two years ago. Yeah, I've lowered the score on that one. Don't worry. Yeah, you I gave was... that like three or three and a half stars no, or something. No, no. I, I was it, shocked. I gave it three stars without a like, and my entire. If you read my review, I was basically crapping on the whole thing, but I said, "Don't hate me. I haven't seen a movie in theaters in a while," which is basically true because it was in the middle Bro, of I was, COVID. I was literally shocked because that movie deserves less than half a star. Yeah, that's it's not very good. It it's not a good movie. I, it's I'm, worse I'm, than Madam Web, man. I'm not blind to that. It's not a very good movie, and the way they try to do their Avengers parts, not good. No, the the Lost World's a good movie. I like that one. It's a good one. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I, I I never got into Jurassic Parks. Back to some more news. We got a couple more here. The Crow. You know about that reboot that has been filmed and talked about for literally ever now? Has been tapped for a long time. It's coming out this year. It's got a date, and it's soon. June 7th in theaters. Officially, Bill Skarsgård will be the lovely Crow, and frequently known as Twigs will also be in the film. It's about all that we know now, but we should be seeing some marketing for it fairly, fairly shortly. You a crow guy? Yeah, good movie. That'll be cool. Uh, I don't necessarily think it needs a, a reboot. Um, but, you know, I'm okay with that. He just looks like Sting. He just looks like the wrestler. And I think that a lot of people are going to be like, hey, that's Sting. Next up on the list here, Ballerina, your favorite franchise in the world, John Wick. We, we're all fans of John Wick on this podcast. Well, apparently... They're not fans of this film because it has been delayed a full year. It was supposed to come out in June, has since been delayed. And the talk of the town is that Chad Staley is coming back to work as an assistant director with Len Wiseman, who is the original director, to add additional action scenes. And even had so far to for Ian McShane, who is a mainstay in the franchise and has been for the first four films, to say it's just not good enough which is a pretty damning incitement on its newest film to be coming out. Um, is the John Wick universe just not going to be a thing? I feel like it's not. I feel like it's going to come out not. and people just won't care. Yeah, why would anybody care? I'm surprised you care. I, like this, this does not deserve a universe. Very cool movies. Very fun. What is like? What, what do I want to see else of that? Like nothing. I don't care about this. <laughs> you don't want to see Anadarmus? As a spinoff character, spinoff assassin. Like, what? Well, why? Just make a separate movie. Why does it have to be in his universe? I don't care. Because everything has to be a universe nowadays, Mike. You know that. Yeah, it's like superhero movies suck, man. They ruin everything. Now everything has to be this franchise. It's dumb. Speaking of franchises, one last one here for you. Game of Thrones, as we know, is getting a lot of spinoffs in the next coming years. But we did hear some interesting news today at the days of release about some of the previous engagements that were around this lovely, lovely show. Because AT&T used to own HBO. And when their executives owned them at the time, they asked for the showrunners, Benioff and Weiss, who have a new show coming out next month on Netflix, which we keep an eye on because apparently that's supposed to be very, very interesting. They told them to shoot their episodes vertically. So that episodes could be viewed on their phone. This is a wild statement. And I just want to know, Mike, how many Game of Thrones episodes did you end up watching on your phone? Uh, I haven't not seen Game of Thrones. So I'm not. I thought you've watched Game, Game of Thrones. Thrones I've tried. I've seen. I don't know. You, you've essentially like know everything after like it was just pumped through everything. I've tried a couple times. I did not like the show. I'm not a Game of Thrones guy. Uh, I would say I dislike Game of Thrones. Maybe I'll try to get more into it because I do like that stuff. I think it was just like a product of trying to watch it when it was already on. Also, the end is terrible. And everyone who was super into it at the time was really cringy and annoying. So I didn't want to be that person, even though it's like the most popular show ever. Um, So I don't know. I think it's cool. I think a lot of things are going to do this. HBO just dropped The Sopranos every single episode on TikTok. So... 
that's kind of fun. You know, this is the new way that people are viewing stuff, shoot things in vertical. But I also think that's pretty funny because TikTok's pushing horizontal videos now because they're trying to be YouTube. So they want everything to turn your phone. So it's kind of interesting how uh, two two things going in different directions. But, uh, you know, that's how people are going to start watching stuff. So, hey, get ahead of the curve. So are you going to make our TikToks go horizontal? Uh, I mean, hey, they want us to. So <laughs> three minutes in horizontal. That's that's what they're really pushing. Well, that's going to wrap up Cine News for this week. Why don't you tell me what you watched? Sure. Uh, let me grab. Oh, actually, my I have some breaking Cine News. Oh. T- like literally just came out. This is for me, at least. Uh, a sequel series to Blue Mountain State is officially in the works. This has been something that has been... Blue Mountain State is a cult classic. People love this show. They did a sequel movie. Not a lot of people liked that movie, but this is where Alan Richson got his start. And it is expected that Alan Richson, Darian Brooks, and Chris Romano are all expected to reprise their roles and come back to the franchise. Which, if that's the case, that's pretty exciting. I'm a big fan of that show. I think it's really dumb. It's really funny. It was ahead of the curve for a lot of its humor at the time. I like... That, that makes me happy. Did you like Blue Mountain State? Uh, yeah, at the time, but it was also like I don't know a college show, something you watch. It's a little immature now. I, I wonder think the jokes really hit the same. I wonder how a sequel series is going to go because I feel like they're going to have to evolve a little bit because they're yeah all gonna, people they're people all like loved the show. Like yeah. I think most of like everybody I knew liked the show, but I don't know. I don't think that humor really ages well at all i think even at the time you said it was ahead of the curve i thought it was already kind of becoming stale i was watching it it's around the same time as community though and i feel like there's not at all like community no but i don't know i type of humor the humor was like the end of gross humor that's what blue mountain state was that was like the end of humor that was just nasty yeah, I wonder. I don't how think it can work. Is going to go? 20... All, is it going to be the same as Community, where they're just all going to come back? Because I, I don't know how Community is going to, how in general they're making that movie. Are they just all going to still be in Community College? No, I think they they said what it was about. Isn't it like a, a reunion? Yeah. Okay. I wonder if uh, somebody's that somebody's the new dean or something. I don't. know. I read that somewhere. It's probably going to have to be a reunion series. But hey, if you're a BMS fan, that's uh, that's something people have been wanting for a long time. So it's good to see that someone's right, actually yeah. doing it. People still do really like that show. Maybe they'll be like coaches. Oh, that's a good show. That's a really good show. I love Thad. I just think his character is really funny. And Alan Richson is very charismatic. So anytime I can. Yeah, see I, I even like the movie. Like I did like the, the movie when it came out. That's all him. Rise of Thadland. So, I don't know. Uh, not really excited. I don't. I don't think that'll do well, and I don't think the comedy will age very well. But you know, try to make it work. All right. What'd you, what'd you? I'll watch? watch it. All right. What did I watch? I watched uh, Bob Marley One Love. Oh, yeah, I forgot that came out. <laughs> uh, two very nice performances. Uh, really st- stupid narrative. I like the. The whole line of like what they're trying to do is uh, doesn't really work. The storytelling is not very good, and like he's arguing with his wife, and then "No Woman, No Cry" comes on, and that is like the gag in every part of the movie. They play the perfect song for whatever he's talking about, and it's really annoying. Like it, it's like, why is this just a stupid musical gag? Uh, it was actually pretty bad. It was a very bad movie, uh, but no fault to like the performers. So that was kind of interesting. It was just a really poorly put together movie. Uh, I watched players. It's a new Netflix rom-com Gina Rodriguez, um, Damon Wayne jr. Uh, who else is the Tom Ellis, Augustus Prue, Joel Courtney, Liza Koshy. Uh, so, and ego Notum from, from SNL, Liza Koshy, man, jeez, she can't act. She's very, very bad. Uh, this movie is like really stupid. I put it in my review. It's like everything that How I Met Your Mother did wrong, which is like all of the sexual stuff doesn't work anymore. Nobody cares about like players and the whole movie's name is players. Like having sex with people 
2024 and like that that's not cool anymore like nobody cares about that uh like oh i'm able to pick up chicks i'm able to pick up dudes that's really boring nobody cares about that at all and that's basically what the movie is it's like a heist movie but they're trying to get this girl to date this guy and then they're just doing all these wacky like setup things uh but it like is stupid i don't know she's in these dumb netflix movies and they all work i have no idea how she does it she just has these like super believable groups of friends and these friends like i don't want to hang out with these people these people look like they suck but for whatever reason she just has like the best chemistry with these people it's like so bizarre. I have no idea how she found this formula. None of the jokes work. They're all stupid. Like they're all gross and over overly sexual. And like the content of what they're talking about is super annoying and very cringeworthy. Like you're cringing half the time. But you're just like bought into this stupid world and you're you want to see these people like succeed in life. So it's it's very annoying. Um two and a half stars. Wouldn't necessarily recommend it. I, but I gave it half a star more than Bob Marley. Do you think Gina Rodriguez just got a bag from Netflix after Jane the Virgin and now she's just cash it in? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Dude, I mean, keep making these movies. The worst part is I like these movies a lot. I don't know what it is. But she's, she's good. She's I like Gina Rodriguez freaking good at them. a lot. I wish she was in better stuff because I, I don't have the motivation like you do to go watch them. I, I, I don't really do, man. Like, I want her to keep making these because they're, they're stupid and they work. Like, I like them. Uh, and yeah, I watched Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah. Uh, it's really bad. Did you watch the whole show or did you just watch one episode? I've watched the first three episodes. Okay. How many episodes are there? I think eight or seven or eight. Um, so I'll give you my first impressions here. Uh, it's terrible. The writing is awful. Uh, they casted nobody who could act, which is like, what? Nobody acts. It is like, yeah, dude, you watch like the first 20 minutes of the first episode and you'll be like, why didn't they cast an actor? Why why couldn't they cast someone who could act? At first I thought it was like, oh, because I, I wasn't like super into the first one or the, the animated series. It's like maybe this is just how they act in the animated series. It's not. Turns out they're just bad at acting. Very stupid. It looks terrible. All of the sets, it's weirdly CGI. It, 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 nobody lives in this world. Nobody exists in these things. Like, it looks awful. Everything is so clean, and they're like living in a hut in the Arctic. And like, it, it looks like when you go into like a modern kitchen made in 2024 after like a renovation. Like, it's so stupid. It looked, it, it was absolutely atrocious. Like, unbearably bad. And I was super shocked. Cause like, at first I was, kind of into like the first five minutes i was like oh okay i don't know why they're telling it in chronological order because that's not how they did it in the uh in the animated show but okay and then you're sort of buying in you know there's a little bit of action they got some earth stuff it doesn't look very good but then at 20 minutes in you're like oh my god this is horrible and it was really really bad like it was absolutely terrible super disappointed and I am a fan of like these new anime live action adaptations. I am the one person who liked Death Note. I am that that is me. I am okay with these Netflix animated things because I'm not necessarily an anime guy, so I like to see these worlds in something more palatable for me. I can't I could not watch this, man. It is so bad. And I don't necessarily really remember the M Night Shyamalan one that that much, but like I think I liked it more than this, That's which crazy. is insane. That's crazy. I've watched that like pretty recently. It's so bad. It's so bad. Well, I mean, give this, give, give this to try, man, because it's also like ugh, genuinely quite bad. And it's all shot like, like I just not recently, but like I, I recently seen The Grinch over the Christmas, uh, Batman, like these Tim Burton movies, and it's shot like a Tim Burton movie. Like I was super confused. These like random angles, like. It looks like you're watching The Grinch. Like, I'm not kidding. If you watch, like, 10 minutes of The Grinch and then go watch this, why are why is he moving the camera like this? These shots of these people. Everybody looks stupid. And, like, I'm glad they went for accurate-looking cast and not just, like, whitewash the whole thing. But cast actual actors and the one guy who, who plays the, the, dude, the blue dude. I don't remember his name. He is so ugly. He's so painful to look at. And he's such a bad actor. Like, I don't understand. And he doesn't even That's look like the character. right there. He doesn't even look like the character, so I don't get it. It, it was 
awful. Nobody had chemistry with each other. Nobody, there's like just kids reading lines. It was terrible. So then let me ask you this. Is Avatar an unadaptable source? Yeah. I mean, they're making a movie. Next yeah, but year, that's different. It's a sequel movie, and it's the exact same people yeah. who made the show. So I think it'll be. I think that's more. I don't. I don't trust. No, I, I think it is. I think they just. It was dumb. It's, like it, I, it I, I don't know who was in charge thing. of making this. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know who was in charge of of doing it. No, I actually no, no, no. I'm not saying I don't think it's unadaptable. I'm saying it probably is, but I don't know why they put whoever in charge to make this because this was just dog water from the from the bottom up, like terrible. <laughs> Uh, and then I watched Pinocchio, a true story. Oh, oh father! <laughs> yes, that one. The 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 Pinocchio. Uh, I don't know why they cast Polly Shore as Pinocchio. Man, it is the weirdest choice I've ever seen in a movie. Just doesn't make any sense. And everybody in this movie is scared that Pinocchio is a wooden boy, but he gets shot by a cat, like oh. a talking cu- humanoid cat shoots him. Uh, horses can talk. I don't understand what well, none of it makes sense. And at the beginning of the movie, so the whole thing is Pinocchio goes and he joins the circus. But at the beginning of the movie, he's like, oh, you can't leave. You're not ready for the world. Then he goes for a day, comes back after meeting the circus people and is like, can I go join the circus? Nothing's changed, by the way. Geppetto's just, just you know, nothing. We haven't seen him since. And he's like, yeah. It, that's what just kickstarts the plot of the movie, and I was like, "What?" Geppetto but, but the shocking—he has a whole world to see, man. It's crazy. The shocking thing is Polly Shore. Like the entire time, I, he just does these really strange noises, and it, I don't—I have no idea why he's in this movie. It was super, super weird. But you loved it, uh, and then no, it was like a terrible movie. <laughs> it was funny. I, I liked it, but I—it I, was a bad movie. So that's a I watched Ellen Enchanted. Yeah, it was. And then I watched Ella Enchanted, which is just like all-time movie. Musical numbers, sick sick people, Hugh Dancy, Anne Hathaway, just freaking balling out in a fantasy world, man. Which is crazy because for a world of like ogres and like giants, um, there's no black people. You'd think that, you know, they could have cast a black person. And it's super weird. I don't know what white people do, man. But this is like one of the whitest movies I've ever seen. Super strange, man. White Super strange be movie. Crazy. White people be crazy, man. It's just like Anne Hathaway has to tell the truth all the time. Awesome movie. I gave it five stars. It's actually tough to find a better movie. It is like an all-time classic. All right. Banger movie. Well, I was going to want to do a discussion on The Curse because I did finish that off. And I know, sorry, everyone, that was supposed to be our weekly show. We have some lives. All right. It's hard to do that. But I finally caught up on it. Mike has also caught up on it. I'm going to push that because we're running a little late on this episode and I don't want to keep going. So we're going to push that to a later episode. But we have finished the curse. We are going to talk about it because. Bro, 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 bro. I'm not caught up. I've been. I've been up. You've been caught up. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. My bad. My bad, man. I'll get to I'll get to my reasoning and everything like that in a later episode. We find we are curbing that. It is on our list. Okay. It's not forgotten about. We didn't just up and forget. We don't just forget things here at Cinemates. We do them eventually. So that one will come at a later episode. But I did watch Anyone But You. I watched that for Valentine's Day because I've been told to death to go watch it. And uh, yeah, it's fine. It's a fine, easy breezy rom-com. Not much to it. movie. Not much to it at all. Uh, They're pretty good. Hot people being hot. They're pretty good. Sydney Sweeney's like okay in it. Gun Powell I think is really charming. And he continues to get cast in a lot of stuff. Especially like more recently. Like he'll get cast for another TV show as well. Like he's going to just explode. I think people will get sick of him eventually. But I like the two of them together. But everyone who's raving about this being like insane chemistry. You need to slow down a little bit. This is not that good of a chemistry. If you think it's that good. Wait till you see Hitman. Because that is real chemistry there. Compared to this. It is just fine. And it's a fine movie. I give it three stars. Perfectly watchable. Kind of weird at the end there. I don't know why they're making a whole wedding about themselves. Like, I would literally throw them off the cliff and not ever talk to them again if yeah, I man. had people in my life that made a wedding about themselves. Whoa. You don't like straight people taking up queer spaces? No, I don't. That's literally actually. the premise of the movie. It is. They literally said, we don't want you to ruin our weekend. And they did. And nothing bad happened yeah. about it. But I will say and stand here and say that bloopers need to come back at the end of movies. They are the best usual parts of the films. Honestly, when you have these mediocre six six star movies, six out of ten movies, uh, like, that, please, I will do anything to see those back in 
my movies because yeah, I, I laugh a think lot. Think about all the good. Think about all the good movies with bloopers. Master of Disguise, Little Italy, banger movies. For God, Am I wrong? Italy had. Oh God, maybe don't bring Dude, them back. Incredible. Actually, no. Also, you're very wrong. They had they had some crazy good chemistry. That was awesome. It, was it wasn't okay. just fine. Trust me. When you see Hitman, you will understand why I'm saying that because everyone is saying no. That doesn't make sense for what you're saying. You're it does. saying something else. Like oh, something I'll see else. better chemistry. Sure, but you're saying it's only fine because better exists. That's not an actual critique. Better does exist in the future. I'm like Madam Web. I've seen the future, and I know what people will obsess about when it comes out. Like I think people are actually genuinely going to go nuts for the chemistry. There is several scenes in that film. That people are going to probably like just like cry at how good the chemistry is. It's electric, man. It's an electric, electric film. Just sure. you wait. Doesn't still doesn't make your point any less not in not my an universe. Point, it does. You don't know what <laughs> okay. goes on in my kooky little head of mine. All right. And then I uh, continuing my Halo binge. Uh, Halo apparently. Waited two and a half years to drop an absolute banger. One of the best episodes of television I have seen in like. Oh, don't 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 spoil. Don't I spoil. won't spoil it, but I, I hinted at what it was heading towards, and they hinted and they did it, and that's only halfway through the season, and it is the best episode bar none of the show so far. It took so long for them to embrace Halo things. Surprise, surprise! The things that are Halo works out well. And I'm very on board now. So people who were worried about Halo, I think now is the time to get into Halo. Suffer through that first season. Get into it now because it looks like it's going to be on a good trajectory. That episode, that went crazy. It was Crazy Beans. It was a literal Crazy Beans episode. Uh, I really enjoyed it. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they mess it up in future episodes. <laughs> but for now, I'm a happy Halo fan watching that episode. It made me, it made me smile the entire time. And uh, that's that's about it. I've been very busy. It's been a very, very crazy week for me. Uh, it's not about to get any easier for me. But we'll, I will make time for Dune next week. That is when I will be back. Yeah. But you might be back. Excited for Dune. Earlier. Yes, we'll try to. Well, yeah, we're gonna put out I think two episodes next week. So, hooray! Or no, one because we'll see Dune. Do you want to do the episode on Friday? We don't have to do this on the pod. We can do this off the pod. All right. Why thank you guys so much for off the pod. <laughs> thank you guys uh, so much for joining us for this episode of Cinemates. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, please like, share, subscribe, uh, and rate. Rate five stars. Please make a lot. Follow us on TikTok, Twitter, at the Cinemates Podcast, Cinemates Pod, Mike Jose Collins, Jacob Schwartz, Schultz 6, without a T in Schultz. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Oh, well. We'll see you guys next time at the movies. Better chemistry awaits.